Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Bob Stoffer joining you. It's a game night. The Edmonton Oilers and the Seattle Kraken. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, which opens up on 4 o'clock in Oilers game days. Open 5 through uh, close, uh, Tuesday through Sunday. Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply saving the night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Tell Chris, Chef Eltaf, and Brendan that Oilers now sent you. And uh, just before we went to break, we uh, dipped into Oilers game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports, our question. Uh, name the uh, player from the Ottawa 67 signed as a 20 last season by the Kraken, uh, who's off to a great start. The correct answer was Logan Morrison. Brendan Escott has got our winner for us, I do believe. Brendan, what do we got? Uh, you know what, Bob? He actually just stepped out for a quick second, okay. so we'll have to come back to him. All right, well, we'll come back to that. We'll head straight off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show for Abe's Door Service. Elliot Friedman. And speaking of Abe's Door Service, where services are specially, visit abesdoor.ca. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, it was a rough Saturday and Sunday on a couple different fronts. Yeah, I, I get that. I totally understand that, for sure. Yes. Uh, your Purple Ponies, by the way, are uh, in one of the two bowl games. They're taking on Danny Machocha's old school, Montreal. Uh, Montreal beat Lavelle 12-6. The only touchdown was scored on a pick six. And UBC ends up getting St. FX after, uh, to quote Chris Morris, worst beat ever for the Golden Bears. I know you watched Yeah, that, that was bad. I felt bad for those kids. Yeah, that's tough. I went and I looked at the highlights, and I couldn't believe it. I was just shocked that... Uh, uh, I, I remember one of my, uh, I think it was my third year of university, um, Western and Laurier played in the Yates Cup game, which is the Ontario Championship, and it was a, it was a great game, like a really good game. Uh, Western was the favorite. They were at home, and uh, Laurier had, did an unbelievable defensive job, and at the end of the game, Western came down to uh, try to kick a winning field goal, and it was makeable. It was... Uh, Frank Jagas, who played in the CFL for a few years, he was a really good kicker, and uh, they blew the snap, and they uh, they blew the snap, and they lost the game. And uh, I just remember the toll it took on the long snapper, and uh, it's brutal. You you might think it's 
not a big deal since it's university football, but for the kids who play in it, it's a really big deal, and that stinks when you lose yeah. in a weird way. Uh, Bears quarterback Eli Hettinger threw seven touchdown passes in two playoff games, but he'd like one possession back uh, at uh, in the final minute of that game. Bears might have been able to kill a clock and certainly would have kill, uh, kicked a field goal to go up by two scores. All right, that was on Saturday. Saturday night, the Oilers beat the Seattle Kraken uh, 4-1. Sunday morning, early, boom. Jay Woodcroft, Dave Manson relieved of their duties, Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey to replace them. Your thoughts, Elliot? Well, look, I, I think there's, there's one reason that this happened and that is that the Edmonton Oilers cannot afford as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl approach the end of their current. I just think they couldn't afford a a situation where uh, the team went backwards, and not just backwards, where the team cratered. And you know that's why I think that this decision was made. I think the Oilers were looking for goaltending. I don't think that there was anything that presented uh, themselves presented itself to them that they really thought was reasonable. So I just think at the end of the day, they, they said, look, if we can't make a move, we have to do something. I think they waited as long as they could. And and the coach was the um, was the change. And look, like it, it's been interesting. Some of the discourse, Bob, you know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, it's um, his record was inflated. You know, anybody could win with McDavid and Dreisaitl. <laughs> That's not true. There were some other really good coaches who couldn't get the team to where Woodcroft did. And I think if this was like a normal year where there wasn't so much at stake, particularly when it comes to the two players' contracts, I think they maybe would have been able to ride this out a little bit. But because there is so much at stake, uh, they made the move and they, they did what they what they felt they had to. Are you surprised that Jeff Jackson and company elected to go with another first-time head coach in Chris Knobloch? No, I wasn't surprised because, you know, Jeff Jackson obviously prior to becoming the CEO of Hockey Operations for the Oilers was an agent. And in my conversations with him, he had promoted Chris Knobloch uh, several times. Like, it wasn't unusual for him to say to me that, uh, I think that Chris Knobloch is a guy who should be coaching in the NHL. So when I realized it was him and when I heard it was him, it said to me that, look, if you're if you're running a show somewhere and you've got to hire someone, you're going to hire someone that you believe in. And uh, Jeff Jackson believes in Chris Knobloch, and I wasn't surprised in the least bit that he made that decision. If you believe someone's the right person, then you have to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, well, uh, it's, it's interesting because Chris has done some things that some other people haven't, um, including the only major junior coach in history to have four consecutive 50-win seasons, two of which were after Connor McDavid left Erie. Of course, he went to the WHL, won a WHL championship in Kootenai, and he won a uh, OHL championship with the uh, Erie Otters, and it's crazy. It was him or Ian Herbers at the University of Alberta in the spring of 2012. Ian got that job. Chris went to Erie. Ian ended up on uh, Todd McClellan's staff. Todd McClellan interviewed Chris Knobloch in Los Angeles a few years ago. Small world, isn't it? You're like better than hockey DB, Bob. You really are. What's that? You're better than hockey DB. Well, some days. Some people might debate that. All right, uh, you you hinted to something last week in 32 podcasts, uh, and it had nothing to do with taking a taking a playful poke at me. I don't, I don't mind that, by the way. I, I love any reference whatsoever, so thank you for you and Jeff uh, for doing that. No problem. Uh, tell me this. Uh, were the Oilers close at any point on addressing the goaltending situation? Because Jack Campbell, unfortunately, has had a tough start down in the American League, too. He's 0-3. Yeah. With an 819 save percentage. What have you heard? Well, I, I think they were looking at things. It, it, close is depends on who you talk to. I think there were some other teams that thought they were close. Um, I, I know there were some people who, uh, around the Oilers organization, who I think thought they were close ish, that they thought they might be able to get something done. But as someone said to me, close is irrelevant unless it happens. So I think they looked hard. You know, the one thing that someone pointed out to me, and I do think this is very relevant, is that Edmonton's in Canada, and there's a lot of Canadian teams that are on no trade lists. And they they said that they really believe that that is going to be a problem here for Edmonton, is that some of the goaltenders that they were going to look at, they weren't goaltenders who could be convinced easily to go to Canada and also, even though the Oilers have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know it's going to be a big climb to get out of the get into the playoff race. And you know, like if you're not 100% a winner, that's going to make it even harder. And so I think that was a factor. You know, Soros is not doesn't look like Nashville's doing anything there, so that took another piece off the market. And I think what really it came down to, Bob, and I think you guys tried very hard, and I really wonder if there was, if there were not no trade clauses, could that have been a, a different thing? Mm. Because, and I'm not saying that anyone vetoed. What I'm saying is that a team knows if it's got a goalie with that kind of situation, you really have to make a great deal to even go to them and say, how do you feel about this? So I think all of that was what, you know, conspired against Edmonton last week. Um, now what I'm wondering, as you mentioned, is Campbell has struggled. Uh, he's got, a, I guess, a 4.36 goals against average and an 8.19 save percentage in three games. What I'm curious about is, does Edmonton set, like, a lower target? Instead of going for a 1 or a 1A guy, do they go for a 1B Someone who maybe doesn't have the sexiest name, but somebody who can play goal enough that you can give Skinner a breather. And, you know, so 
I mean, look, like you know, you know the schedule. How long is it going to be until we see Calvin Pickard? Doesn't have to be until they don't have a back to back. So exactly, have, they they can go a while here, assuming that Skinner stays relative. I'm just here. I'll pull it up right now. I mean, the team. But plays. That, you know, that's the thing. Like, if you really want to do this, you can do this. Um, they do not have you know, a back-to-back the, until December the 21st or the 22nd when they're in New York. So that is in six weeks from right now. Yeah, but that's like 15 games. I'm, I'm sure you don't – 15, 20 games. I'm sure you don't want to do that. So either you play Pickard somewhere or you go out and you get someone who isn't going to cost you a ton, but you know you can play them. And I, I'm wondering – like, I still think the Oilers are looking at the market. I don't think they've stopped. Oh, 100%. Especially now that – Especially now that Campbell is really struggling. Because I think initially, they, well, never mind, I think. I know they told him initially, Jack, go down there, regain your confidence, and you'll be back. Prepare as if you're coming back. Well, the way he's playing right now, you can't be certain of that. So I think you might have to go out and get someone else. Yeah. Um, well, and, and what, what's the price point on that? Obviously, probably $2 million or under, I would have to think. So that gives us... Well, you know what? I, I think the other thing, too, that's, that's part of this is I, I think the Oilers have discussed the possibility that, you know, and, and sir, there are decent goalies out there that aren't making a ton of money. But if Edmonton finds someone better, and that, as you see now, they're really trying to do the cap dance a little bit, like sending Lavoie down yesterday. Um, you know, they, that is what you do when you are trying to create the opportunity to do something. But I do know that when Edmonton was taking a look at what they were going to do last week, it was discussed, do we have to move a player to create more room? Elliot Freeman joining us right now. Bob Stoffer with you in order. So, uh, the GM's meetings, anything coming out loud of note? Well, I think you've seen the, the stuff about uh, the overtime. Um, you know, I, I think that that's obviously a, a, a big conversation right now is, is there something that can be done to keep the excitement up? Um, you know, I heard today, like, for example, the BCHL, they've gone to uh, – 10 minutes of five on five and they're getting and they're, the trend was down more games in the shootout and now it's going back up to more games decided in overtime now the nhl has indicated that they're not that interested in doing that yet but i really do wonder if that's the right play here because the other thing that someone from the bchl told me is that when you play 10 minutes of five on uh, uh, sorry of three on three you have to play people who don't normally get to play. And they said that that has opened up some things. So I would like to see that tried. I mean, they talked about a few other things, battles in front of the net, cross-checking versus boxing out. Uh, should a team be able to pick the player when they get called for a, when a, when they have a penalty shot called for them? Instead of the guy who's fouled, you just, just pick... I don't know, Connor McDavid to go shoot your penalty shot. Should that be the rule? So I, I don't think it was anything too enormous or uh, too crazy, but that's the kind of stuff they talked about. Uh, Mitch, Mitch has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line and says, hey, does this trade work from Elliot's perspective for a goaltender? Vincent DeHarnay for Martin Jones. 
Well, I, I think it could work financially, and I know Toronto has interest in VRNA. There's there's no question about that. They they did talk about it um, uh, earlier this year. They made a pitch to you guys for Lafferty. You know, I, I just the one thing is, you know, Jones is overseas right now. He hasn't played a ton. I mean, it's it's not the most nonsensical thing, but I confess I haven't seen Jones play a ton this year. Yeah. Do you, well, now, do you th- do you think Jones is appreciable enough <laughs> a, a rise over Picker that you're because because Darren A can play? I know he struggled, but he's an NHLer now, so I, I I don't know if I mean it works, but I don't know if you'd want to do that. I mean yeah. the one the, the one thing I would say is Darren A's greatest supporters were Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, and you know that the owners. Yeah, but you know what? I I think that like I, I understand why someone is asking that or why Mitch is asking that because you're looking at a guy and you're saying okay his biggest champions are gone, and you know you maybe you move on from him. Like to me, Vince Darren A, no matter how much he struggled. He's he's been in the NHL for less than a year, or basically a year and a half, right? Excuse me. Yep. And he's shown promise. Like he, like to me, he's a player, and he's not making a ton of money. Now, I think in Edmonton, you're probably looking and saying, eventually, you've got to get Broberg into games and things like that. And you're probably looking at your roster and you're saying, okay, what are we going to do here? But I'm not so quick to throw a player away just because. Um, you know, the guys who really liked him are gone. I Like, to me, he can play. And the, that's the other thing. Like, Toronto had interest in him. I'm sure they're not the only ones. All right. Elliot, great stuff. Thank you for uh, joining us on Oilers now. And my guess is the Purple Ponies will beat Montreal this weekend. You'll be on a Lavanier Cup. UBC's going to smoke Santa Fe. You heard it here. All right. I like the way you speak. There you go. That is, well, that's rare when I hear that on this show. Uh, that is uh, Elliot Freeman. Martin Jones, by the way, now 33 years of age, an 875 cap hit. Uh, he's played four games for the Marlies. He's 2-1 and one this year, an 864 save percentage. Last year in Seattle, Martin Jones went 27-13-3 with a 2.95 goals against the average 887 save percentage. Bob Stoffer with you, 422. Guess what we're going to do? We are going to redo Oilers uh, game day trivia for ProAmSports.ca. And our question is, name the two players drafted with the 22nd overall pick by the Edmonton Oilers that are in the Seattle Kraken lineup tonight. Text us, 780-496-0063. Name the two players drafted 22nd overall. They're both right wings that were drafted by the Edmonton Oilers that are playing for Seattle tonight. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 422. Brendan Escott with NHL Today when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers game day trivia question for you. Name the two players that the Oilers drafted 22nd overall that are in the lineup uh, for Seattle. Ryan and the Dozer knew that Jordan Everly and Kyler Yamamoto were those two players. Everly 22nd overall in 08. Yamamoto 22nd overall in 2017. The Oilers have another right wing, Xavier Borgo, who went 22nd overall in 2021. We head off to NHL today. It's presented by Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com and here 
Here's Brendan Escott. Uh, three other games tonight. It is Hurricane, uh, Carolina Hurricanes hosting Philadelphia, the Avalanche hosting Anaheim, and uh, Vancouver, and the Islanders out on the West Coast. Uh, Sabres forward Tage Thompson missing at least a month after blocking a shot off the inside of his hand. Canucks D-man Carson Soucy expected to miss six to eight weeks. Lower body injury there. Bakersfield shelled, as you guys have talked about, 6-3 uh, by Calgary last night. Uh, chance at redemption tonight at 6 o'clock, but we'll hear more about Jeff Cam- uh, Jack Campbell's rough start from Keith Kesky coming up momentarily. Oil Kings beginning a three-game road trip tonight against the Pats in Regina, and the Golden Bears get uh, Regina at home. The Claire Drake this Friday and Saturday. All right, if you're looking for a great holiday gift, give the gift of travel this holiday season with New West Travel Gift Certificates. Whether you're celebrating a special occasion or simply looking to surprise a loved one, give the gift of exploration, relaxation, and unforgettable experiences. Adventure awaits, and there's no better time to start planning. Call New West Travel. Visit them at newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Back with a farm report with Keith Kretzky when we return on Oilers Now.